The Ask Theory podcast shines the spotlight on Pinoy scientists from various scientific disciplines. Listen to some of the country's best scientific minds as they explain what they do in simple terms and share fascinating stories of how they got into science, the incredible things they've learned about the world around us, and so much more. Arlo Lumangaya attained a degree in public health at the University of the Philippines, Manila. He has had a diverse work experience with grassroots work at local levels, technical roles at the subnational and national levels, and development work at the international level. He has also been involved in the management and implementation of projects on infectious diseases of poverty across different disciplines. Hello and welcome to the Asiri Podcast, Carlo. Kumusta ka? Hi, Michael. I'm okay. I'm doing great naman. How are you? Ah, ato, doing great then. Just recovering from a slight... I've been feeling a bit under the weather recently. I think most of us have been. It's that season. I hope you've been well. Yes. Thank you for asking. <laughs> How was your day? Busy day ba? Yes, actually, it's been a very busy day. So, a lot of meetings. And actually, one of the meetings that I went to was where it was really a One Health related work. So, I'm very, very thrilled to have participated in that meeting. Hmm. Okay, okay. Siyempre, mapag-uusapan natin yan mamaya. But before we get to that, I'd like to get to know our guests at the start of the podcast para din makilala ng ating listener. So, tell us a little bit about the story of how you fell in love with science. It was a rocky start for me in science mm. ever since grade school or high school. I've never really been a science guy. I've been more of a math guy. So it was to my surprise that I did go through a science course. During college, most of my other friends and colleagues and classmates, we really wanted to pursue medicine. That's why I went to BS Public Health, which is a very science-heavy course. And Throughout the course of learning what public health is about, I really fell in love with how I'm not, instead of being in medicine where you treat one patient at a time, here your patient is the whole population. And that was very, 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 very interesting for me. And it really seemed like important work, especially when I got to the the thick of it wherein I, I worked already and I really encountered a lot of people along the way, a lot of people that really benefited from our work, our work in science, in health. And it was really, really fulfilling for me. That's why I fell in love with it altogether. Ah, and that really sounds like a, a fascinating journey. Siyempre, it's one thing to really be into what you're doing. And it's another thing entirely to fall in love with it because you find your purpose or your it's actually benefiting people. No? And, and I think Many of our listeners naman are familiar with yung naging slogan ng DOST for past few years na Science for the People. And I think the work that you do and the work that the Next Generation One Health Fellows do falls under that. And we'll be talking about that in a bit. But tell us a little more uh, in terms of details tungkol sa professional journey mo. How did you get to where you are today? Right. So right after graduation, I worked on a dengue project. I worked in the regional office for the Department of Health and we worked on, it's a very, very technical name. So forgive me, the effect of this sort of intervention on the human incidence of of dengue. And during that course of that work, I managed staff 
in different barangays within Metro Manila. So we really worked in, in the heart of communities where informal settlers live. And it was a very, very heartwarming experience and really facing the reality of how public health is in the Philippines. So there I worked in health service referral of suspected patients. And then from dengue, I moved on to neglected tropical disease, but mostly on worms, helminthiasis and stuff like that. So it's still within the neglected tropical disease, which we also call infectious diseases of poverty. So it really is focused on people living in impoverished conditions. And we even have a slogan, Reaching the Unreached. So it really talks about how these diseases are affecting these people who are far from access of health services. That's why they are still affected by these diseases. So from urban setting, I actually moved to rural settings. And most of our work was in southern Philippines, so Davao, Antique, mostly in the border of Bukidnon. So I really go to geographically isolated and disadvantaged areas or what we call GIDAs. And I go to IEP communities, really hike and cross rivers to get to them. And it's really, really a very fulfilling experience in terms of health service delivery since you get to interact and really see the patients or the people that benefits from the work that you do. I think that's really what sets apart a researcher from loving their work and seeing it as just another paper to do. Since I've always felt that I really wanted to see how our work really benefited people. And that was the best, one of the best ways to do it. Yeah, it definitely sounds like not just like fulfilling work, but probably also heartbreaking work. Being there and actually getting to see this problem. That if you think about it, ang tagal-tagal ng problema ng Pilipinas yung mga ganitong sakit. And matagal nang hindi nabigyan ng tamang pansin or sapat na pagtulong, masasabi natin, yung mga nasa, nasa ganitong sitwasyon. During the course of your work, I'm sure na it's emotional but also you, you recognize the value of what you're doing. Ano yung mga bagay na natutunan mo that you'd like our listeners to know about? I think one of the biggest takeaways talaga is health is not solely the health sector's responsibility. We really saw the reality of that during COVID. It, the impacts of health really went far beyond the health sector. It really impacted our economy and everything. And that's why we have a collective, resp- I believe that we have a collective responsibility, all sectors involved, to really take their stake in the betterment of health. Like for instance, the Department of Education has a big role to play in terms of delivery of services to children. Another one, and I really couldn't underscore this, is the devolution of the health system in the Philippines, wherein, okay, the DOH is primarily involved in the management of services. That's from the central level, national, hanggang regional level. Pero when it comes to the delivery of the services, ano na yan, local government units. So, Sometimes there's a lack of communication, for lack of a better term, or sometimes a disconnect between those levels. So we really have to bridge that. So again, it's a multi-sectoral effort. And again, like going to One Health, like introducing One Health now, like for instance, COVID-19 is such a disease from anim- of animal origin. Mm. So basically it was from animals 
and it spilled over, what we call spilled over to humans. And there are many more diseases out there that are in animals, but have the potential to cross over to humans if we don't take care, if we don't take the One Health approach seriously or take zoonotic disease control seriously. And that's one of the few things that I'd like to share on on that note. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I agree. I think as we've all lived through the last three years, well, tapos na, technically, by officially, tapos na yung pandemic. But as we know, you know, COVID didn't just magically disappear. Not only that, the potential, the possibility for other zoonotic illnesses still exists. Lalo na with continuing, encro- let's say, encroachment of humans, continuing human activity into places where, you know, are better, better left alone. Just yeah. to, to put it mildly. Yeah. Actually, one of the biggest learnings that I got from the fellowship was one of the conversations that I had with my fe- my co-fellow, Jabez. I wrote it down because I really, really agreed with what he said. So I wrote, I wrote it down. Here it is. It's not about the wildlife creeping into the human environment. It's the other way around. around. It's actually the human activity that makes us more exposed to these spillovers. That's why I, I really take climate change really seriously mm-hmm. because the effects of human activity really contribute a lot to how the climate is changing and everything like that. And one of the things that I always tell people is that going back to equity and inequity and, and all the things like that, it's the people who have the least to contribute to climate change who bear the brunt of it. And that's with food insecurity and then with their more with more interactions with wildlife that's actually exposing them more to these zoonotic spillovers that we say or the these infections so it's 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 really disproportionate the impact of the climate change on people yeah I, and parang ano siya reflective siya of the, the the situation of the philippines as a whole we do contribute but really not that much to the overall anthropogenic climate change but arguably we suffer the worst <laughs> in terms of impact in terms of yung changing oh, weather in terms of the temperature oh, yeah, it's just definitely. like with our tropical country we're a country so rich with biodiversity that alone is a risk for zoonotic infection or the reservoirs for diseases in animals and everything like that and then we're also impacted by extreme weather events mm-hmm. compared to other countries because Occurring a fire, the 20 plus typhoons that come up, like go through the Philippines every year. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, you know, moving from a bleak and somewhat sad topic, <laughs> let's talk about Nabangit Mohanina. And we've been talking a little bit about the Next Generation One Health Fellowship. And you've shared a little bit about what you've learned from your, fe- your co fellows. And I think Nabangit Mohan Kanina that you were in a meeting with them today. No, ah, the... no, start with them, but it's a One Health related One Health related meeting. But tell us a little more about how you got involved, you know, with, with the fellowship in the first place. How you learned about it? Ano ba yung proseso ng pagiging One Health fellow? Ano ba yung ginagawa niyo sa One Health fellowship exactly? What what is this fellowship about? Right. So first part of that question was how I got in, how I learned about the fellowship. So I've been doing One Health work for over four years now, mm-hmm. and what is really one of my biggest advocacy, if not the biggest. 
So I regularly look through One Health-related news, trying to keep myself updated. And I saw this opportunity about a One Health fellowship. And it was very, very, very interesting for me because I didn't know that there was a bigger community for One Health in the Philippines. It's a growing field, but it's not yet that well-known yet. So I really wanted to discuss about One Health to get involved, to really get local engagement apart from the international engagement that I've already been a part of. So I really wanted to know a lot of the other people who have been playing their, their role in One Health development in the Philippines. So I applied and actually I even asked if I could be accepted because I was underage with the criteria. So they okay. said they should just apply and everything. So fast forward, I got accepted and I really got to meet such a diverse and wonderful group of fellows. We really come from different backgrounds. Some of them come from vet. One is a veterinarian and then others are involved with biological sciences. We also had a public policy and it's really just a diverse cohort. And it's really fascinating how those expertise jive with one another and what types of discussions that we have. It's very, very comprehensive, very, very unique, very, very diverse. And we get to cover a lot of fronts. In terms of what we do there is apart from, of course, discussing about our different parts in One Health, how what we've been, what we've been doing. We also have projects that is really important for the development of One Health as a field in the Philippines. So just for our project, for instance, so One Health is an approach. I would say that it's not yet been fully integrated into the Philippine health system. But one of the other things that's missing is that, yes, okay, we need to implement it, but at, un, until what level? So I've been talking about a while ago about the, the devolution of the health system. So we have different levels vertically that need to be convened so that we could talk about what's implementable. Like for instance, we have for disease programs in the Philippines, we have from the national to regional to province and then to city or municipality or and then directly to the barangay. But in our project, one of the things that we're looking into is that until what level is the data available and mm -hmm. until what level can we convene a committee so that these things are implementable because, for instance, if you would make a One Health committee in the barangay level and data is not available, it kind of just seems just like another role for already overburdened health workers to, to do. And as much as possible, we don't want to duplicate mechanisms. It just adds burden and just adds additional cost to already finite resources. So we want to use existing platforms to really be able to do something that's implementable and scalable. That's one of the important work that we do in, uh, in the fellowship. Another thing is we really do capacity building initiatives. Like we did have a workshop and we did have a course, which mm -hmm. is everything to our continued learning, continued understanding, development, One Health. And again, it's an emerging and evolving field. And it continues to evolve up to, these, up to this day, even in the national even in the global fora. How was your experience in general as a member of a fellowship, of a group? Did it make your work a little easier? I've talked to some of the other fellows and they, they mentioned the interdisciplinary aspect of it. What can you say about that? 
Yes, actually, it's really, really good. Well, it's really, really good, and it's really, really pressuring on your end. Because, is it mean, para? Oh my gosh, ako lang yung like alam mo group of five here. Like, oh my gosh, ako lang human health person here. Like, I really have to deliver on my role. Yeah, I really have to do my part. And somewhat, it's also a relief on your end. Because, oh, hindi ko to expertise. So I'll defer to this person's opinion on this or expertise on this or knowledge on this. So it's actually one of the things that na tinuro sa akin before na if hindi mo expertise, wag kang magmagaling dyan. So <laughs> really tap someone who has that expertise. And it, it it's really good advice. And mm. honestly, it's how I would describe it. It's very complementary. And it really embodies like how we should be doing One Health, multi-sectoral, multidisciplinary, So those are two different things, multi-sectoral, multidisciplinary, and I think that the composition of the fellows really embody the essence of One Health there. Mm-hmm. Now, moving from the discussion about One Health, let's go a little bit back to your work in public health, specifically infectious diseases of poverty. I just thought, I wanted to ask you, how do you navigate yung discussions about infectious diseases of poverty without coming off as classist? With some people, parang may classist aspect na parang nasasabi na, ah, pag mahirap kaya nakakasakit ng ganyan. And then that sort of like generally shapes yung perception ng mga tao about diseases. I wonder if you've ever encountered any sentiment like that or any any perspective like that na parang kaya naman nakakasakit dahil madumi, dahil mahirap ganyan. Na parang medyo judgmental, ganun. Because that's not as simple as that. Eh. It's a multi-layer problem. They don't choose to be that way or to be subjected to those kinds of diseases. It's really more of a you know, a complex problem. Siguro my question is, how do you explain this to people, the work that you do, in a way that hindi siya nagmumukhang or hindi siya nagtutunog na or, or it breaks the stereotypes or wrong perceptions of people about these infectious diseases? Right. So maybe I could put it into categories. So mm-hmm. for the urban one, So, siguro kasi before yung urban one, like dengue, like admittedly, that still oftentimes is a concern, public health concern talaga. Even no matter what the demographic, mm-hmm. no matter the class, whatever. It's really a community effort talaga. Na, and it, it's not just about being impoverished. You know, it's really a matter of being aware of your surroundings and really keeping that hygiene. And, you know, one of the things that I always tell people You know, dengue or the mosquito is does not breed in dirty water. It actually mm-hmm. breeds in clean water. So, medyo mali yung may misconception yung tao na pagka o oh, pagka o oh, yan four o'clock ha is that five o'clock? Ah yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, five o'clock. Maglinis tayo tas kumukuha sila ng wali. And that's wrong. They're misinformed na. Ah, pagkaganon, minsan naglilinis ng kanal. Hindi, it's actually yung stagnant, clean water na doon nagbe-breed yung mosquito na nag, nagdadala ng dengue. So, yun yung isa sa mga misconceptions there. And I think that misconception already debunks na, ah, pag madumi, ganon. Hmm. So, that's for the urban part. And then for the rural, it, it really comes down to development. That's why... Yung global slogan, if I may call it that, mm-hmm. it's reaching the unreached. Because these are, that's why it's called neglected tropical diseases. Because it's usually found in 
areas that are underdeveloped and are not reached by you know basic services like just to put things into perspective it's not me during when i do my work for ntds it's not me going to like for instance sa kabilang like i'm going to fly to southern philippines tapos tatlong tumbling lang nandoon na ako dun sa project site namin no 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 it's mm-hmm. like me going to for instance from Tagum City I drive one hour to the municipality and I drive another four hours by four by four to the last mile and then I hike three five mountains to get to just one site and then for the rest of for the rest of the day I have five or six more sites to cover and that's just one site and then another site I have to cross a river you know it's really underdeveloped communities like no water sanitation or hydrogen like no water services like no plumbing you know and you can't blame them because one of the things na is really hard about development is really the considerable investment if you would think about it like for instance kung magpa-plumbing ka right to from the city center that would cost a lot of money and hindi siya kakayanin at times ng city ng local government to fully fund that because they have so much things to cover so much ano and that's just considerable investments actually one of the most heartbreaking things that i heard about is that one of the communities that i went to was just discovered last 2018 and then the military was looking scouting the forest and then they found the community totally like totally untouched and and everything like that So they had to relocate them because the cost of bringing a doctor there they would have to charter a helicopter and everything. So they the whole community had to leave their settlement behind move to another place that's relatively much nearer but I still wouldn't say within access to basic services because it's a 4 hour drive to that place and Yeah, it's not the fault of these people about hygiene or anything. Yeah. Just hearing you talking about the level of commitment that one needs to be able to do that work, it's nakabilib siya. And I'm sure na maraming nakikinig sa atin na who maybe are considering following that same path. What can they expect if they want to... Siguro hindi. I'll, I'll start by asking, if I were a student, na nag-iisip na, pinapakinggan ko itong si, si Sir Carlo. And it sounds like his work is mean is, is really the kind of work that I, I feel like doing, but it's a lot of work. Parang ang hirap niya. Why would I, why should I pursue this kind of work? You know, sometimes it's personal calling. Like for me talaga, I love to do it because it's work that not many are doing, mm-hmm. but it's work I would think that the best way for me to be able to help is to help those who really need it mm-hmm. the most I really believe that these people affected by these diseases really need the most help and the most attention because living conditions that are unimaginable for you is their reality reality and of course like me and before parang ah parang ang, ang hassle yeah parang nga ang kakapagod naman yung trabaho nito pero honestly pag nandoon ka na like it's it it's a ano eh it's a moment where you fall in love with the work talaga and that you really find 
purpose in what you do. That's why you keep doing it. It's a jump, parang a leap of faith first before mm. for the faith. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> grabe. Yeah. Okay, so na-convince na ako. Ayan na. Sige. I will help the Philippines by trying to advance the field of public health. What can I expect in my future? Basically, can you share some advice or or maybe some words of wisdom, some tips about what I should be doing along the way para maging effective talaga ako at makatulong ako, makatulong ako sa overall field of public health in the Philippines. Right. So for me, one of the things that I really advise to a lot of aspiring public health workers is really to build on the mandate of the institution you work for. So for instance, I've come to believe that the Department of Health really has a really big role and it has a really big potential and really big work talaga to play in the nation building and then all health systems development, all that stuff. Because first they have the resources. I would think the Department of Health has the resources mm-hmm. and it's the mandate that of the institution. And that alone really sets your focus and you can really build on the mandate of the, of the institution. The other thing is that you should really recognize the role that the local government plays. So sometimes, from my perspective, one of the sad yet true realities is that public health is political. Mm-hmm. So you really have to work around the political dynamics of public health. And you really have to have a good relationship with the local governments because at the end of the day, they're still the implementers and it's within their jurisdiction. So you really have to get their commitment, get their support, their buy-in for your initiatives because that would really go a long way. Yep, off the top of my head, that is few of the things that I would advise, advise to upcoming public health people. Yun nga, yung having connections. Kasi syempre, you'll go there, you'll, you'll study, yung, you'll, you'll look at, at what they're doing there, you'll make, have some recommendations, but you won't be there to implement it the entire time. Eh. At some point, you're going to have to leave, but not before sharing the knowledge with them. And whether, totoo yan eh, whether or not it becomes part of their regular practice, ma-adopt nila yung mga recommendations mo, it really depends on one, how well you explain it to them and two, maybe yung connections that you forged with them. It's not easy to change how you've always been doing things. Eh? Yeah, I, I totally agree. And actually, one of the most important things is that in my experience, it has to re- really be a, we call it a whole of government, whole of society approach and how I've embodied the whole of society approach for that part of the equation is like, for instance, when I delivered health services to the people in that far-flung area, that, I, that last mile community that I visited, was I actually partnered with the municipal medical technologist, the sanitation officer, the rural midwife, who has jurisdiction over that area, who's been, like, that's her area talaga. And then we're actually also with a pastor and mm. who is really well-known to the community. One thing that is really important is that to really get someone who the, who the community trusts, especially for communities that are not that detached from the city center, because it's really a big thing for them that they could trust the person who's delivering the services. 
Because ang sinasabi ko sa mga tao, hindi lang sapat na goodwill and ano, <laughs> malakit ang ano mo. Dapat talaga, you have to be credible and you really have to gain the trust of the people. That's why we have all these concerns now about disinformation, misinformation, and credibility is a, is a big thing now. And, you know, getting the endorsement, getting the trust when you're endorsed by someone who's really been immersed with the community that the community trusts, it really changes the reception of the people towards like the, the thing that you bring in. This was a very insightful <laughs> and informative talk. And I'm sure na it's also inspiring. It's always inspiring to hear people who, who have dedicated their lives to the improvement of whether it's public health or basically the general situation of other people doing work that benefits other people doing science related work benefits other people and i'm grateful that you were able to take some time off your busy schedule to share some of your experiences your wisdom with our listeners one last thing though if they wanted to get in touch with you maybe ask you some questions or maybe collaborate with you talk about about anything related to public health or the One Health Fellowship, what would be the best ways to contact you? You know, in the digital age. <laughs> <laughs> I think if it's a professional conversation, I think the best way would be through, through LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I'm active in LinkedIn and, you know, just a personal message. So my LinkedIn is Carlo Lumangaya. I, I don't think it's very hard to miss it. So I think my at is c.lumangaya. So that's just one G. I also could give my email if mm-hmm. that that's another avenue, you know, how it is these days with the professional people. <laughs> <laughs> Emails, yes. Or easiest is really Messenger. I'm always active on Messenger naman. So just my Facebook is very straightforward, Carlo Mangai. All right. So anyone who wants to reach out to Carlo, you can you can talk to him through any of those channels. And if you want to learn more about the Next Generation One Health Fellowship, or learn more about One Health. We'll be including the links to the Next Generation One Health website in the description of this episode. So once again, Carlo, maraming maraming salamat for being here on the show. Nag-enjoy ako na pag-usapan ang... Hindi naman ako nag-enjoy na pag-usapan ang predicament ng tao, pero nag-enjoy akong matuto at makinig sa isang public health specialist who is trying his best along with other public health specialists and people from other disciplines as well to make things better for the people who need it the most. So thank you for taking time to be on the podcast. And if there's anything we can help you with, just reach out to us. Let us know here on the team and we'll do whatever it is. Right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ren, for having me and continue the great, great work that you're doing. (laughs) I hope that you inspire more and more people to get into science, to get into health, all those related fields and really contribute to the development in the Philippines. That's the goal because the Philippines really needs it. So that's it. Take care, stay safe, keep in touch and looking forward to the next time we chat again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ask Theory. Follow Flip Science on Facebook, at Flip Science PH on Twitter, and at Flip Facts on Instagram. And check out our official Shopee store if you want to get copies of our books, Historiang Scientifico and Science Scramble. Stay curious.